Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening. You don't know this, but this is take number two. I recorded this whole podcast, and then the microphone wasn't plugged in, which doesn't actually help anything. So we're going to do this one over. But man, this is um, something that's been on my heart um, to talk about. But the soon return of the Lord. You know, there's a scripture in First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 25, and it says, uh, verse 24 says, Remember, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious, and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. One of the most, for, for many people, one of the most terrifying things is this feeling that the word of God is true, and there's coming a day where there will be judgment for everything that they've done. Um, the, the, the universe, if you want to, <laughs> I, I hate when people use that word in that light, like the universe has a way of giving back. But God has actually designed it uh, that there's a balance set up where every, uh, and it's, it's divine responsibility, that everything that we do has, a, has an effect from it. And if, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, every single one of us would be accountable for everything we've done wrong. But there's coming a day, too, where every good deed that, even if it's been done in secret, will be rewarded. You know, it's one of the, the, the great um, hopes that we have of the future. It's the great hope that there's coming a day that even if we've been, you've, been, uh, you've been working hard, you've been aiming and, and heading straight for the kingdom of God, but, and there's things that you've done in your life that are sacrifices that maybe no one even knows about. Maybe you haven't told anybody some of the, uh, uh, the sacrifices that you've made, but I want to tell you that there's coming a day where your sacrifice will be rewarded, that every decision you made that was a decision you made because you wanted your life to line up with the Word of God, that it's going to be rewarded. So number one, every good deed, even the ones done in secret, will be rewarded. The Bible talks about even just giving. Uh, when you give to the poor, when you um, uh, give to, to fund the gospel, when you give a cold glass of water to a, to a Christian, when you, any sacrifice that you make, when you, uh, every act of obedience, when you do things when you don't feel like it, that all of those things, you're actually storing up treasure in heaven for yourself. We're coming into a time where we may not realize that, you know, there are, there, there, there is rewards on this earth for serving God, 100%. We're not the poor people of the earth running through our, the earth as the, the vagabonds and poor people with nothing to show for it. There are, there are rewards and benefits for serving God here on this earth. But even more so, there's treasure stored up for us in heaven, waiting on the other side. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there, you may be also. Man, there's a house waiting for you. There's a home waiting for you. There's a family waiting for you. People who went through this life, you know, my, my dad died when I was three years old. And so I've gone through this life without a natural father, but there's a heavenly family waiting there for me. Uh, an, earth, an earthly family here too, in, in the kingdom of God, um, here on this side, but there's a heavenly family. There's a heavenly kingdom waiting for me. Every good deed that even if it's been done in secret will be rewarded. The hidden things will be revealed. Along with that, every evil deed will be rewarded as well. There's a scripture that says, um, that talks about, let the hidden things of darkness be brought to light. There's coming a day where all the sins, the behind the scenes things, even down throughout the ages, the, the big turns in humanity, how there were, there were uh, people who plotted against 
the church, people who plotted against uh, uh, humankind, people, governments who put things in motion and the secret, the secret meetings that happen, that for every one of those things, that they'll be brought to light and it'll be a day of judgment. You know, that's why the blood of Jesus is so important and so, so potent and so important is because it's the only agent that can scrub someone clean of their sins. You know, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I said it before, we would all have to uh, answer for every single one of our sins. But as believers, how precious is the blood of Jesus as believers that we're not only our sins are covered, our sins are not covered. Our sins are washed away. Our sins are not under the blood. That means that they're hiding under like a blanket's been thrown over them. They've been washed from us. The Bible says that he separates us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. Those two never meet, that you are not accountable for your sins. I used to, um, you're not responsible for the sins that are under the blood of Jesus. Excuse me, not under, that are washed by the blood of Jesus. We get stuck in our language. I, remember, I used to think as a kid when, when the day came that I stood before God that, the, that a screen would be pulled up and, and the Lord would play my life back. Every mistake that I made, every bad thought that I thought would be played on a screen and I would hang my head in shame as all of heaven watched, you know, on this giant projector, what Ryan Yusta had done with this time on this earth, every bad thing. But that's not the reality of it. The blood of Jesus has washed all of it away. That's why the Bible says I can come boldly to the throne of grace. If I was a sinful creature with sin in my life, how could I come boldly to the throne of God? It's because I've been washed clean that those sins have been washed away. Every hidden thing will be brought to light. Um, On that day, there'll be judgment, but there will be mercy as well. We'll get to see how great the mercy of God is. You know, it's only the power of God that can transform a life. And then number three, it's going to be worth it. I want to encourage you that if you've been, um, if you've set yourself up to be a person that follows the word of God and you've started making decisions, it may seem difficult now. It may seem like a hardship now. Man, I'm even changing my friends, people who I used to spend time with. I'm choosing to distance from them because I know that they're not drawing me closer to God. They're drawing me further away from Him. Where people who are giving up things, things that you've, you know, I gave up video games when I was younger. And as a 20-something-year-old who's been playing video games since I was like a tiny little guy, like that was a big deal. But it was a decision that I made for my relationship with God. And that's something that I know. I don't know what the reward will be in heaven for giving up video games here on this earth. But I know it's something that, that, that it's a sacrifice. I don't know if, if it is specifically, hey, I'm, here's your Xbox Xbox here in heaven so you can play all the games that you missed, whatever it is, but that, it's, that, there, that there's a reward that's coming for those who choose to align their life and do whatever it takes. You know, there are lifetime decisions that some people need to make. I think, I think it's okay to make, I think it's a good thing to make decisions for life. Hey, some of the decisions that I've made, I'll never touch alcohol. It's one of my decisions. I, I don't want alcohol. People can, will try to debate and be like, alcohol is okay. And they'll try to prove it from scripture. But all I know is that when God was going to use somebody, Samson was told not to cut his hair. He was also a a Nazarene, so he didn't drink. John the Baptist didn't touch alcohol. I want to be used by God. I'm not touching the stuff. You know, people, people make too many excuses for these things. My life on earth is worth more than possibly getting into something that can trip you up. Oh, well, you know, my family, we just drink just socially. Yeah, but why would you play around with something that can send you off in the wrong direction? You know, I drink coffee. 
If you want to call that a vice, that's my vice. I drink coffee, right? But you can't drink too much coffee and like end up with a with a hit and run, right? Or end up running off the road. Hopefully not. I don't think you can drink that much coffee. But with alcohol, you can. Why would you play with something that's dangerous like that? But it is going to be worth it. Stay faithful. Don't grow weary in doing well. The Bible says, for in due season, you will reap if you faint not. For some people, that due season will be here on this earth. You know, I, I truly believe it, that there's God never calls you to do something that he doesn't grace you for. So if God's called you to the ministry, he's graced you for it. If God, God, and God has called you to live holy. And so there's a grace for that. And it's learning to, to walk in that grace. For many people, living a holy life is difficult because they stay too close to temptation. The Bible says, flee anything that stimulates youthful lust. He doesn't just say flee youthful lust. It was anything that stimulates it. If you've got things in your life, like addictions, things that you've struggled with, sin that you've struggled with, look at it from a, from, from a back up and take a look and be like, what is the thing that leads me to do this? And flee even the, the, the steps leading up to it, right? Flee youthful lust. Some people make life difficult on themselves because they don't just make easy decisions, right? So, so make a decision to serve God, and as you're serving Him, receive the grace that He has. That He that He receive the grace that He'll give you to live a holy life, to live a pure life. I'm going to read Second Peter chapter three to you. This is, man, such an awesome chapter. Let me get this pulled up here. Um, Peter, Second Peter chapter three. It says, "This is my second letter to you, dear friends." In both of them, I've tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the, the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood, and by the same word the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. This is verse 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as a, unexpectedly as a thief in the night. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed, what holy and godly lives you should live. You know, he's saying in light of all these things, keeping in mind that this day is coming, it's marked on God's calendar, what holy and godly lives you should live. I want to encourage you out there, you who've been serving the Lord, it's going to be worth it. There's coming a day where you're looking back, it doesn't matter what price you've had to pay, how difficult it's been, it's going to be worth it. God looks and says, keep going. Come, keep pressing in. There's grace for you to live right. There's grace for you to serve me. Man, there's day, a day coming where it's going to be rewarded. Yes, I'll reward you here on this earth. But if you even understood the treasure that you're storing up in heaven, keep going, keep winning souls, keep serving the Lord, keep running with your whole heart. Even if you're not in a place of ministry and you want to be in ministry, keep serving the Lord. If you're, if you're uh, looking at business and saying, man, I wish this thing was growing faster, keep doing it. The Bible says you will be that he who's faithful with the little will be made ruler 
rule over much. As you're faithful with God, as what God has given to you, you're going to be made rule over much. But even more so, as we're faithful with the little, no matter how how big our assignment is on earth, it's little compared to what God has for us in heaven. Um, so live holy and godly lives as we should live. Verse 12, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. God has one agenda, and it's to get more people saved that that harvest can come in. I, you know, I've been watching these Marvel movies. We just watched Infinity Wars and Endgame. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I joke because there's so, many, so much like symbolism, but everything comes back to the Bible for me. And so when I see that, I've been reading the book of Revelation. But I'm like, man, that, that Thanos snapping his fingers is basically what the rapture is going to be like. Like, that's what it's going to be like. Here God is Thanos. You know, he's got his infinity gauntlet on. He's collecting the precious fruit of the earth, the tesseracts, putting them in place, making sure everyone born again that, that's born again, he's collecting them in. He's drawing them in from the north, south, east, and west. He's raising up harvesters to go out. So when that day comes, he can snap his fingers and we'll be brought home. There's nothing new under the sun. All of this hints back. We were talking, I don't know, somehow we we're talking to a friend, but a zombie apocalypse, apocalypse came up and they were like, yeah, you know where that idea came from. It's that the Bible says that the dead in Christ will be raised to new life. And even when Jesus was crucified, when he was raised from the dead, that the the saints of old walked around the earth, you know? These are all biblical ideas, people coming up with these storylines, and it's all based um, uh, in the Bible. But a day's coming. God will give you strength. God will give you courage. And God will help you to finish strong. I believe this is a time of great strength. We're not limping our way out into the kingdom of God. We're going out on top. Jesus finished so strong and we're built to follow exactly what he did. God bless you. We love you. Get ready. The snap of the fingers coming. It's not going to be Thanos. It's going to be God snapping his fingers. Jesus Christ coming back to get us. The rapture is going to happen soon, but I want to tell you it's going to be worth it. Uh, go out of your way to be good to somebody today. Uh, tell them Jesus loves them. He's got a good plan for them. We'll see you tomorrow.